So this morning we'll be taking a look at Genesis chapter 12. At the end of chapter 11, we were introduced to Abram. Abram was the son of Terah. And along with his wife Sarai, he lived in the land of Haran with his father Terah. At the end of chapter 11, we are told that his father died. And then, here in verse 1 of chapter 12, we see that it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Now, we'll pause right there. And we'll talk for a little bit here this morning about what we are seeing here in verse 1. Abram, later to become Abraham, was a man of faith. And I want to reinforce that fact with you here by having you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews is in the New Testament. Toward the back of your Bible, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11. And just a little side note you will hear me use the name Abram and Abraham kind of interchangeably, same person. We haven't quite got to the place in Genesis yet where we'll see the fact that his name has changed to Abraham from Abram. But anyway, just a little warning, I'll use both names. And we'll see here in Hebrews chapter 11 that he is called Abraham. But in Hebrews chapter 11, and looking down at verse 8, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, that's what we're seeing back in Genesis chapter 12 this morning. Abram was told by the Lord to get out of his country, the land of Haran, to move away from all of his family and the house that his father had died in, and from there the Lord would show him where to go. And here in verse 8 of Hebrews 11, we see that Abraham obeyed when he was called. And he went out not knowing where he was going. You see, that is what faith is. Faith is obedience to the word of the Lord. The Lord speaks and you obey. Today the Lord speaks to us through his word, the Holy Bible. Right? First of all, what happens is a person that is called to Christ, is drawn to Him by the work of the Holy Spirit, right? This person is called to come out of a place by faith. Think about it, okay? A person that is called to Christ, they are drawn to Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit, and then they are called to come out of a place. The place where that person is called to come out of is this world, right? You know, a, a certain way of living, a way where you, you once lived without obedience to the word of the Lord. You didn't care about the word of the Lord. You didn't care about the Bible. 
But when you come to faith in Jesus Christ and your eyes are open to the truth and you begin to study the Word of God, your faith begins to increase in that place and you are called to come out of the world and to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and to no longer be conformed to the world. That's what coming to the Lord Jesus by faith is all about. Okay? And as was the case with Abram slash Abraham, God has a better place for us to dwell when we come to Him by faith. There's something far better awaiting us. And we go to that place that God has prepared for us. We go there by faith. And oftentimes, it's just like with Abraham. We're not knowing where we're going because we're trusting in the Lord and we're stepping out and we're following Him. Okay? Abraham was called to come out of a physical land, a, the place of, uh, a place called Haran, right? This was the place of his father. Think about that, his entire family. But by faith, he left that place and he obeyed the Lord, right? It was all he knew, but he left it behind. In like manner, when you come to Christ, you are called to come out of the place of your comfort zone, that place you've always known, the way you've always known it to be, right? And when you come to faith in Christ, you discover that the world isn't once what you thought it was. Again, your eyes are opened to the truth, and you begin to see things in a different light, the light of the Lord. You come to the Word of God. You are born again through the Word of God. Your eyes become open to, to the truth that you've never seen before. And you continue then to walk by faith into that place where the Lord is leading you. And what His will for your life, it begins to unfold at that point in time. Because you're now fixing your eyes on Him, whereas before you came to Christ, you were not. But again, we come to Him by faith, not really knowing fully where we're going, not knowing everything. And that is what we see with the life of Abraham. Verse 9 tells us here, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. So as I read that, I say, why did they dwell in tents? Well, I look at that and I brings to my mind, well, Abraham knew he was not home yet. The place where he was going, the promised land, he, he wasn't there yet. And he was just passing through. Okay? He was on a journey someplace. He was just passing through. And today, you and me are not called to make this world our permanent home. Right? We, are, we too are just passing through. If you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, this isn't your permanent home. You're just passing through. We are in this world, but we are not to be of this world. Again, it's very easy today to 
to see the evil path that this world is on. It's a path that's contrary to the word of the of the Lord. Just look at the the local news, right, or the world news, or our country's news, right. Just look at how wicked and how evil did we ever think we'd come to a point in time like this where things are happening like they are. Right? By faith, we dwell in this world in a temporary fashion. Okay, We live here, but we are to be strangers here. Strangers that are shining the light of Christ. Strangers that are sharing His love through the truth of His Word. It's going to get more and more difficult to stand for the truth of His Word. But I believe that if you're a person of love, and you're filled with the love of Christ, and you allow others to see the love of Christ within you, if you allow His Holy Spirit to work within you, His Holy Spirit will then do a work in their hearts, just like it did in your hearts, just like He did in your hearts. And He, the Holy Spirit, will draw them to Christ. Okay? But again, we must realize that this is not our home. That there is a promised land awaiting us as well today. And verse 10 here tells us that Abram, Abraham waited, right, for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We too are waiting for that place today, aren't we? We're waiting for a city, are we not? Let me show you the city that we are awaiting today. Go ahead and turn in your Bible, to the back of your Bible even further here, to the book of Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. And let's start reading in verse 1. So Revelation 21, 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So you see, there is a place for us 
in the future. And we see in these verses, verses 1 through 7, what this place will be like. And then verse 8 begins to tell us who will not be in this place. It says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their place in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And then the Apostle John, the one whom received this revelation from the Lord, he goes on starting in verse 9 to further describe this place where we will one day be. He says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And John will go on to describe the walls of the foundation uh, uh, of our future city. And I won't read all of this to you here this morning since we've studied Revelation in recent months. And you can find that study on our website at aloveoutreach.com. But I I want us to jump down here to verse 23, where it says, The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So again, today we live in a defiled world, a world where what the Bible calls an abomination, God's Word calls an abomination, the world considers it as good today. And those that defend good are counted as evil. But again, we are just passing through this place. And there is a promised land that awaits us. Okay? It, there's a promised land that waits those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, those that have been born again, those that have repented of this world and have turned to the Lord by faith. And we too are now just walking by faith as Abraham did. And we are to hold fast our obedience to the word of the Lord, no matter what the world around us may do, no matter what even some churches may do. We are to hold fast to the word of the Lord. You see, here's something else that you need to know about Abraham. Abraham was not raised up in a family that had faith in God. That wasn't his upbringing. Let me show you why I say that. I want you to turn to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. 
Joshua is, of course, back in the Old Testament, right after the book of Deuteronomy. It's the sixth book from the front of your Bible. Joshua chapter 24. And let's start reading in verse 1. It says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. So again, Abraham wasn't brought up in the faith of the Lord God. His father served other gods, and they dwelt on the other side of the river. And we'll learn more about that as we go on. But for you and me today, as people that have come to faith in Jesus Christ, there should be that other side of the river. Where we've heard the call of God through His Word, and we've crossed the river. We've walked by faith to a new place. And in a sense, if you like, you can think of baptism as symbolic of crossing that river. It's an expression that we've left the old life behind, right? We've died to the old life, that part of our lives where we were disobedient to the word of the Lord. When we did what the world around us did. And again, the world around us today is still contrary to the word of the Lord, but we are a born-again people. A people that walks by faith. A people that has a place awaiting for us where we will dwell for all of eternity. Okay? By faith, we are to obey the Word of God and leave the old life and its ways behind. Let's turn back to Genesis chapter 12. The Lord tells Abram in verse 2 of Genesis 12, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we see a couple of things here in those two verses. First of all, out of Abram would come a great nation. Abram had enough descendants that a whole nation of people would rise up from him. His name is great even till this very day. He is honored today by both Jews and Gentiles. Christians honor the name of Abraham, as do Muslims as well. But the chosen nation, the chosen people that came from Abraham, are the Israelites. And we will see that as we study on through Genesis. And God blesses those 
will bless Israel. You know, if you look back at history, you'll see that when the Greeks overran Palestine and desecrated the altar in the Jewish temple, they were not long after conquered by Rome. When Rome killed Paul and many other Christians, and they destroyed Jerusalem under the emperor Titus, Rome quickly fell. Spain declined as a nation after they came against the Jews in the Inquisition. And look at what happened to Germany after what Hitler did. And not only that, Great Britain turned their backs on Israel. And they lost their great empire as well. There was a time when the sun never set on the British Empire. And the thing that we must pray for today in regards to our nation, the United States of America, is that we will not turn our backs on Israel. We have been blessed as a nation. And this is a result of being a blessing to Israel. But we do seem to be waning in our support of Israel. So do keep that in your prayers. So Abram was obedient to the word of the Lord, right? And he is an example for us. And verse 4 tells us, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, I don't know that it was a very good thing that Abram allowed Lot to go with him, but we will see in a future studies that our future studies that is that that he cared a great deal about Lot. But God did tell him to take his wife and leave his family, but nonetheless, Lot went with him. And in verse 5 says then Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. So, again, right, what we're seeing is Abram leaves by faith. He takes his wife, his nephew, his servants, and all their possessions, and they end up in the land of Canaan. This is the land that the Lord God had in store for them. Verse 6 tells us Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the Terebith tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Now, if you'll remember, if you were here when we studied chapter 10, we talked about the Canaanites being descendants of Noah's son Ham, and we saw how they were the first people, or we expounded on that, and we studied that, and we saw how they were the first people to kind of migrate throughout the earth, right? From Ham would come most of the indigenous people of the world, even including the American Indians. So when Abram gets to the land of Canaan, there were already people there. The Canaanites had migrated out throughout many parts of the earth, after the Tower of Babel. But with God, it's not first come, first serve. Right? This land wasn't going to belong to the Canaanites. 
This land was going to belong to Abraham and his descendants. And Abram, slash Abraham, here in verse 6, he kind of takes a survey of this part of the land that God is promising to him. And we will later see that there is much more to this land, and it is all modern-day Israel as we know it today. That land was promised to the descendants of Abraham that would come from his wife Sarai, or Sarah, as we will later see her be known as. That's who the land was to belong to. And we will study this as we go on as well. Verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So, again, all of this land is going to belong to Abram and his descendants, but his people at that point in time, as we're studying here, they weren't large enough at this point in time to settle all the land, so they set up shop, or as the Bible calls it, they pitched their tents here in this place called Bethel. And the first thing that Abram does is to build an altar to the Lord and call on the name of the Lord. And you see, this again is an example for you and me today that we need to acknowledge the Lord in every aspect of our lives. What we have, the Lord has blessed us with. And we need to honor Him in it all. If you settle down in a new house, honor the Lord, first thing. You get a new job, honor the Lord. With every paycheck, honor the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It all belongs to Him. And every good and perfect gift comes from above. Above, every blessing that you have comes from the Lord. And we need to remember to acknowledge and honor the Lord on a daily basis in our lives with all that we have and all that we do. And Abram, he continues his journey through the land that the Lord God has given to him in verse 9 says, So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now, just real quickly, something I want to point out to you here. And that is, is, as we study this, I'm obviously not providing a map for you here. But if you would take the time to sit down with a map as you read this, uh, you can see all the places mentioned here. And just how much of that land that God has given to Israel. Now, the best book that I've ever read on the subject of what land belongs to Israel is a book called The Mountains of Israel, written by a woman named Norma, Norma Archibald. And I highly recommend that you all read that book. I have read through that book many times. But especially in our day and age when there's so much pressure being put on Israel to give up their land, portions of their land, right? And that book is it's a very good read. It's a very quick read. There's another book that I've read called From Time Immemorial, but it's a much longer read, but nonetheless a, a very good book. But I highly recommend that book called The Mountains of Israel. 
But anyway, Abram is moving throughout this land that God has given him. And verse 10 continues and says, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. So this is interesting here. The Lord God leads Abram to this land of promise. And Abram builds an altar to the Lord, but then famine comes. You see, even when you walk by faith, when you take that step of faith to come to the Lord and to be obedient to His Word, this does not mean that your life will always be smooth sailing. As a matter of fact, it's quite to the contrary. It's hard to walk by faith in the Lord because you are different now. You're not who you used to be. You have been changed on the inside and the circumstances of the outside are affect it greatly as a result because you no longer want to live the way you used to live. So it's not quite as easy because when you shun the things of this world, when you shun the ways of this world, you sometimes suffer great physical loss. The light of the word shines truth on topics that you once thought otherwise about. Maybe you once followed in the ways of the world and the ways of the news media and everything that they tell you, right? But as the, the word of the Lord shines this light within you, you see the truth and you see things differently. And what happens is there is, in a sense, a famine because you don't feast on the world as once, you know, as you once did. You're not feasting on the things of the world anymore. So there becomes a famine. You've crossed over the river. And you now serve the living God. And you walk by faith. And you must fight the fight of faith to stay the course. The course that the Lord now has you on as a follower of Jesus Christ. And you know, as I say this, Maybe you are a Christian and you profess faith in Jesus Christ, but maybe you don't have a struggle. Maybe it seems easy to you to be a Christian. Well, I would ask, do you study the Word of the Lord? Do you know the Word of the Lord? Do you see that there has been a change in your heart? Do you see that as Romans 12 says, you have been transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you no longer conform to this world. That's the question. And the only reason I ask that is the, is the Bible tells us to examine ourselves as to whether we are in the faith or not. And we must constantly be growing in our faith and, and, grow, and going deeper and deeper in our knowledge of the Lord. But watch what we see here from Abram. Let's read on. Verse 11, right? It says, And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Okay, so pause right here because Abram, right, this man of faith, we see that he now puts his eyes on the external. 
He's aware of the physical beauty of his wife, Sarai, here. And as a result of putting his eyes on the external, here's what he comes up with. Verse 12, he says, Therefore it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will keep you, but they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, and that I may live because of you. Now, Abram has forgotten something here, hasn't he? He has put his eyes on the external, and it has caused him to worry. He has forgotten that God has promised to bless him. So he kind of goes through a time here where his faith wavers. This is what letting go of the world will do to us today. We must trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. There will be tough times, times of famine and such, times when we question what we are letting go of, and we sometimes find ourselves wanting to turn back or at least find a middle ground, some place of comfort where we can be in the world a little bit more, of the world a little bit more, I should say, but yet still profess our faith in the Lord, right? With Abram here, we are seeing a worldly attitude, that that worldly attitude of, well, I got to do what I got to do. Well, desperate times call for desperate measures. I got to look out for myself here. But God doesn't call us to that. He calls us to trust in Him and to walk completely by faith in Him. You see, and with the Lord, in reality, there's never desperate times. Just simply times to increase our faith. Let's turn to the New Testament book of James, chapter 1. It's in the back of your Bible, right after the book of Hebrews. James chapter 1. And let's start reading in verse 2. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Do you see that verse right there? Verse 4. It says, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You see, so many times people want to just throw in the towel and give up on their faith in a time of testing. I have personally been through many things that if not for continuing on by faith, I would have given up. I have seen others that profess faith in the Lord do spiteful acts and cause great heartache. People that are hurt by other people in the church and then they throw in the towel and say, ah, that's not for me. But you see, our faith is not in mankind. Our faith is not to be in other people, no matter who they are. Our faith is in the Lord. 
and tough times can have a great outcome if we just stay the course. The Lord is able to make beauty out of ashes. And He has a purpose and a plan. But He wants us to stay the course by faith. And verse 5 here continues and says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. So again, we must fight the fight of faith. We must stay the course. And when times get hard, seek the Lord for wisdom. Draw closer to the Lord during those times. And ask Him, what is it that He's showing you through this difficult time in your life? And where does He want you to go from here? And know that He will give you that wisdom because He loves you. And he has a perfect plan for your life. But it often takes patience. Okay, Patience is the key in faith. We must stay the course because we're not home yet. We're just passing through. And back in Genesis chapter 12, even this great man of faith, Abram, had times of worry. What will become of me if I make this choice? I will die if I don't control this situation on my own. If I don't come up with something here, I will die. This is what we're seeing with the situation with Abram here. And verse 14 says, So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman that she was very beautiful. So what he worried about came true, didn't it? Doesn't it often seem like that's the case for us as well? But God told Abram that he would be blessed. And God is faithful to his promise. So no matter if what you worry about comes to pass or not, it's still God that is above all else. And the Lord God doesn't want us to worry, does he? He wants us to trust in Him. Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter 6. But verse 15 here continues, The princess of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. So Pharaoh gives Abram a bunch of possessions for his so-called sister, right? But the Lord didn't like this situation at all. And he has a plan for Abram's life. So he intervenes here. And verse 17 says, But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me. Why did you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? Or why did you not tell me I should have said that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? 
I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here is your wife, take her and go your way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So again, God has the ultimate plan, and we can trust in him to fulfill that plan. Do you struggle in your faith at times? We all do. Everyone does. But what do we do? We press on. We keep going. We continue to seek the Lord for wisdom. We keep fighting the good fight of faith no matter the circumstances that this life has handed us. You know, changes often gut-wrenching, they say, right? But you know, God will change everything when you come to Jesus. When you're fully relying on Him by faith, it's not easy. It's not easy being born again in this world, right? Because again, you will not be who you once were. And the world around you won't quite love you like maybe they once did. Because you're now on the other side of the river. You now have the mind of Christ. And you now see things in a very different way. And all of this is because you know the word of the Lord. And you see that His ways are not our ways. His ways are much higher than ours. But faith is what pleases God. And faith is how God wants us to walk today through this life. And just like we've seen with Abraham, when, you, when you're a man of faith, you're a woman of faith, you're a person of faith, period, you know, it's not always easy. Famine comes. We also see with Abraham that he wavered in his faith. He tried to take control of a situation. But that doesn't please the Lord because the Lord has a plan. So fix your eyes on the Lord today all the more. Get into His Word. Study His Word for it is a living Word. It is an active Word. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of your heart. The Lord calls us to be people of faith and He wants us to trust in Him with all of our hearts, to lean not on our own understanding and to, with all of our ways, acknowledge Him and He'll make our path straight. He'll direct us through this life. But we must stay the course. God bless. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives always, Lord. Thank you that you do indeed have a plan that is greater than what our earthly eyes sometimes see. But we pray, Lord, that you will increase our faith, that you will strengthen us. But we also know as we pray that, Lord, that increasing our faith often involves times of testing. Lord, and, and, and then we have need of patience to go through those times of testing. But Lord, in the end, you have a place for us. You have a promised land. 
awaiting us. And we know that we just dwell here in tents. These physical body of ours are the tents that currently hold us. But someday we will leave this tent behind. And we will be in that promised land with you where you will make all things new. So Lord, help us to see that we're just passing through. And this world is not our home. But Lord, while we are here, may we shine as lights. May we share your love. And may the truth of your word be rooted and grounded within us and on our lips as well. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.